Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 175. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. How are you guys doing? What's going on? Like, we are really killing it here, recording episodes one <laughs> after the other. Yeah. <laughs> Launching on time. I'm so ex- I'm so proud of us. Yeah. Ugh. So, uh, I told the girls this earlier, but the current store that I'm working at is closing. So, that's another 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 tea-selling sto- tea store goes bust um, uh, in the U.S. Because people just... In the U.S., just don't drink tea. They drink coffee. Yeah. Uh, We're team. Yeah, I'm team coffee. I'm team tea. I'm team tea. In fact, I had Chato on Thursday. Yes. Ooh. I need to to go down to just just for Chato. (laughs) I I had a piping hot uh, pot of Rena's chai. With Ooh. already mixed with sugar, and I don't know why I never thought of this before this particular day, but I said, "Do you have any almond or coconut milk?" And oh no, I think soy. She said, um, or I, I asked, and she said, "Oh yeah, we have almond." And I don't remember what other she, <laughs> other one she said, but I said, "Oh, I'll get almond because I always would leave when I would get the chai already mixed." With such a heavy tummy because mm-hmm. milk affects me like that. And I don't know why I never thought to ask that if they had any alternative. So this I last know, time right? I enjoyed my tea and mm-hmm. my tummy wasn't all bloated and yucky afterward. <laughs> yeah. I drove home tootless. it's always good because yeah like we usually we would get like we would get chais and stuff like that and immediately like after we finished eating i'd be like well i need to use the restroom yeah really really bad um so yeah like i it occurred to neither of us yeah (laughs) thank you for that little nice tidbit but anyways all this to say is that the store that I'm working for is closing, so they're having a 50% off sale for everything, Ooh. which is, like, like thinking about it is nice if you're a customer, but as a retail like person working the register, I hate every person that comes in and doesn't know <laughs> what the fuck they want. And this has been <laughs> exacerbated. I could tolerate it during Christmas because I still felt some of the holiday cheer. Um, uh, <laughs> There is no holiday cheer here. I hate you. Like, as a matter of fact, like, I don't even do, like, regular shopping anymore because when I think about it, I'm just all like, these people do not like that I'm here because thinking about how I am, I don't like it when anybody is in there. So I don't, like, I don't really shop like that anymore. If I go into a store, I know what I'm getting now, and I'm just all, and then I'm out. I'm just all like, when I go in, I, I, like, not to the, like, retail people go to get grab what i want maybe try it out and then i leave i'm just like no interaction no nothing i know those people love me because i don't (laughs) interact with them that's funny when i go to retail stores and something goes wrong or a customer is taking too long (laughs) or something happening and the the worker is always like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry I'm always like, no worries. I work retail. I totally understand. Like, oh, mm-hmm. and there's like this moment of like where we lock eyes and 
camaraderie. There's this moment of camaraderie. Yeah. Like both of us. That is the people who like the people who are like, oh, like I work here or like I like work upstairs and stuff like that. I understand that. I'm just like, you're here. We're both here because we have to be. So we might as well like sometimes get something out of it. Um, uh, and I usually like give them a discount on the down low as well. But everybody else, like, oh my God. Oh my God. Let me. Okay. <laughs> Rant time. There was this lady and she could not pick for the life of her. Like she she already came in like not really knowing. For the, first of all, she comes in, she does like she's just grabbing stuff and like putting it out, putting it on the table, and they're like, Oh, I don't want this, never mind. And then like goes, puts it back in the wrong spot, and then each time I'm just like, You can just hand it to me. Please hand it to me. I can put it back <laughs> where it belongs. And she wouldn't. She would just like grab it and then go put it back. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And then she finally decided, she's like, okay, I'm going to get these things. And then I start scanning them. She's just like, is there a discount? And I'm just like, yes, everything in the store right now is 50% off. And then she goes, I was like, why? And I'm like, oh my God. I'm just like, it's like, we are closing. And then she's like, oh my God, why are you closing? That's so sad, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm just like, I'm so sad. And I'm just like, yeah you're sad okay cool like i'm not sad but i know my other co-workers who were in here for the long run the full-time people are sad so i'm just like whatever i have no emotional investment in this place um uh and then she's just like okay oh like oh then never mind i'm gonna grab more stuff and i'm like oh no god because we have priced everything we like we took that we made the effort to price everything and had and like display like the full prices in the like a like like a little like display thing and then the like discount price. Which one? She doesn't fucking read. No customer knows how to fucking read. None of them do. <laughs> as soon as they walk into a store, they're illiterate. <laughs> oh, that's be crazy. So- Funny, I feel you today. Eddie and I did the mm-hmm. antique fair here uh, in Old Town Torrance, and mm-hmm. um, each table had a sign on it. We had ten dollar tables, five dollar tables, and one dollar tables, and then three tables that had a sign that said "Price as Items, Price as Marked," and every single item on those tables had a price. <laughs> Tell me why. People would pick up uh, because all of them, all the items were items from our store. So they all had price tags on them. But those price tags were null and void by the fact that we had signs that said all items on this table, one dollar or five or ten. Tell me why people would pick up stuff from the dollar table and be like, excuse me, how much is this? And I would be like, it's a dollar, but it says three ninety nine. Yes, but it's a dollar. Okay. How about this? <laughs> From this everything on the table's a dollar. Okay, but not this, right? Oh my god, I was getting so frustrated. You are triggering me so bad right now because that's literally that's every single time they're like, "Is this half off?" And I'm like, "Everything in the store is half off." Is this half off? Everything in the store is half off. I don't know how many times I have to tell you this. Everything is half off. Yep. Oh my god. 
or or they I would say like if if I had the patience and I will like wasn't like and I was like feeling like okay I'd, I'll be like I'll give him the spiel everything is like half off and then I tell him uh like we've already done the math for you the orange price tag is the final price and this is how I know they're not listening to me is they would grab it there and be like and then be like so it's half off of this price and I'm just like you dumb bitch who doesn't fucking listen <laughs> Like in my mind, that is that's what's going on through my head. But of course, I can't say that. I just speak it with my eyes, and then I and I'm like, no, that's the final price. We did the math for you, so you don't have to do any fucking math because you're stupid. (laughs) I told Eddie that I wanted to tell people when they said, but not this right. That I want to say, yeah, you're right. No, not that. That one's five (laughs) dollars. You should do that just to test it out. Yeah. That is my rant. That's how I've been doing. I am going through it. (laughs) Wow. Retail-wise, I'm going through it. Oh, my gosh. That was crazy. That was nuts. (sighs) That was funny, though. (laughs) Oh no, I'm I'm one of those shoppers that'll just go in and out. I don't I don't like to talk. I I really hate it. This is what I hate. When I'm in line and then the person at that's getting checked out just starts to a whole conversation with the person that is checking them out. Oh so yeah. It's just just pay for your shit and get the fuck on because yeah. I'm in line right now. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just standing here listening to your fucking life story that I don't want to hear. <laughs> I don't want to hear how your dog and, you know, how your boyfriend or your son or your, I don't care. Just pay and it 100% the person working mm-hmm. there wants to hear it even less than you. Yep. Oh, I'm, I'm certain. I'm certain. But they're there and they're like, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. You know, like, you know. Oh, and then, really and then nice they'll ask questions and, and I'll be like, why are you effing asking questions? <laughs> Just yeah. let them finish and go. I'm in a hurry. Even if I'm not in a just, hurry, just go. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. just, then, you have to be courteous or else they're like, or else they, the person talking to you thinks you're rude and then they report mm-hmm. you to your manager and then you get a warning. Oh my goodness. I know this because it happened to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, uh, today there's this lady and she was engaging the person that was checking her out in conversation. And then she proceeded to work the second register to kind of say, I'm really busy and I'm trying to do my job. Mm-hmm. But the lady kept talking and she's like, well, I closed that account, but I opened this when I went to Aruba and blah, blah. blah. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> give her the right account information. And so she proceeds to help another person out in the second counter next to her. And I'm just like, if that doesn't tell you that she wants you to hurry the fuck up, I don't know what does. You know. <laughs> and then when I, and when I got up to the counter, she's like, thank you for being so patient. I'm like, no problem. Just it's fine. So, but, but I was standing there. No problem. And she, Quit talking. Oh, let's go. Move it along. Yeah. yeah no, no, she was, she was really nice. She actually gave me a, a, a free gift. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. happy. I'm I mean, like, it's not a problem. But... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I was just like, no. look, this is the 101, like in retail wise. If there is someone annoying and you are understanding and patient, the re- the retail person will love you and they will probably either like give you a discount or something or they'll just be like really like grateful um uh, and so they will provide you with better service because honestly that's what i do too if i like you i will either engage you in conversation or i'll give you something for free or not charge you something because i honestly 
don't quite give a fuck about corporate uh, stuff. Um, um, <laughs> that, like seriously, like working for Amazon killed anything that I like felt um, uh, for like were like the like company or shit. Like I'm just like nah. I as far as I concerned, steal. Like go <laughs> do it. I don't fucking care. Um, uh, and they don't care either. They take that into consideration as well. So mm-hmm. I mean, for legal purposes. I am not telling you to steal, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying that they have measures for that. Anyways, Mm. um, um, this, of course, also doesn't apply to small mom and pop shops because those are small and usually the people are very cool. But corporate, fuck it. I don't fucking care. (laughs) They've, They've killed any sympathy that I've ever had. For anybody. Oh, my God. I can't take it. All right, guys. Now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. Kristen, what do you have for us today? So I don't know if any of you uh, heard. I'm sure most everybody has heard about how uh, Jeremy Renner, poor Hawkeye, um, got into an accident on New Year's Day. Well, it has come out. What's that? Was it like the snowblower or the, the snowmobile? The snow whole higher yeah. snow plow. Yes. Mm. So it has uh, come out. Actually, he has um, uh, reported that he broke over 30 bones from that oh accident. God. Apparently, wow. he like fell out of it and it fucking ran him over. Imagine oh, being run over geez. by a snowplow. He broke yeah. 30 bones. He's lucky to be alive. And who even knows if he's if that's luck uh, with 30 broken bones. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a long road to recovery. Yes, but it yeah. just um, it just reminded me of the poor uh, uh, my life as a, a weapon storyline where he's just always with a Band-Aid somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Even Matt, in the Matt, regular Matt, Hawkeye, yeah. <laughs> so it's, is that Matt Fraction's um, Hawkeye? Matt Fraction. Um, Hawkeye, yeah. So anyhow, uh, it's like life imitating art. Um, poor Jeremy Renner, but thirty f- freaking broken bones. That's horrible. So um, I don't know if there were any plans for him to be reprise the role of Hawkeye anytime soon, but I don't think that's happening. Dude, I was thinking the same thing when they because I saw the little caption on Yahoo, the main page that said mm-hmm. Jeremy Renner's injuries are worse than what he's saying they are. And I was like, oh, there goes Hawkeye. We're not going to see the the Hawkeye um, TV show. We're not going to see him in any movies anymore. Or how, how are they going to spin that off? But yeah, that was one of my biggest thought was like, oh, he's not going to come back to the movies or acting anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he looked he looked messed up, dude. Have you seen his pictures? Oh my yeah, god. His face yeah. looks toe up. It's oh man. I uh, I was just like, wow. That's but I thought it was a snowmobile. Oh yeah. So it's a snow plow, which just sounds awful, just really awful. Yeah. And and no, he's like, yeah. why that this is the reason why nobody should own their own snow plow. Like usually it's the city <laughs> oh. or the county that comes out yeah. and clears your path. I'm like, that's just rich people buying stupid shit and in some cases they get what they get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. I didn't think about that, but you're right. There are services that come and plow yeah. your mm-hmm. snow. Yeah. 
Make you're rich. Pay someone to do it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. This could have been prevented. Yes. All right, guys, now it's time for On My Radar. And I have some stuff that's on my radar. I recently came across the Mayfair Witches TV show on AMC. And as you guys know, it is based on a book, a three-book series by Anne Rice, who also wrote um, The Vampire Lestat, Interview with the Vampire, Queen of the Damned, all part of that whole vampire uh, thing. And actually looking, watching the show, I was looking at the uh, the credits and she's, Anne Rice is actually a producer of the show. So that's very interesting. And I think she has a whole universe um, that Mm -hmm. I guess she's doing, which uh, I forgot what the name of it is, but... You know, I didn't look into it, but didn't she just become a, like a newborn Christian? Like No, she didn't just become. That was a while back where mm-hmm. she, um, she... She was excommunicated became, by the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm, she was... She became very, very religious or really got into her religion. And then that's when she wrote her book from the perspective of a young Jesus Christ. I actually read it. It was very interesting. Um, and I enjoyed it. No, 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 no. It was a different one. It was, yeah. Because that Menach or whatever is part of the Mayfair Witches um, book. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a crossover. It's with the vampire and the witches. Oh, yes, yes. So, um, yeah, I've read all of Anne Rice's stuff that have to do with Mayfair Witches and um, the vampires. I read all the vampires. I was in it. Like oh, I discovered yeah, I Anne Rice vampires. in middle school, and it was all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mine was in uh, college, actually, that I started reading um, all the books, and um, I finished all of the books at the time that were interview. But um, yeah, so the the book was actually called Christ the Lord Out of Egypt, um, and mm. it's a book that depicts the life of Jesus Christ at the age of seven to eight. And she wrote the novel after returning to the Catholic Church in 1998. But at that time, she actually came out and kind of almost like, um, like basically said that all of her writings with the witches and the vampires were like, were like anti-Christian and like all this, like all this crazy stuff started coming out. It just mm-hmm. was really weird. She kind of like denounced her own, her own yeah. books. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of drama and uh, cheesme and uh, stuff <laughs> was going just a on. Lot. She had such an interesting life and she even had like, it's really hard because I did I I did like Anne Rice and I did like what she wrote and stuff like that. But then later on, like she was the reason why there's a disclaimer in fan fiction and why there's a lot of legal protections now for fan fiction because when people wrote stuff about like fan fiction on old um uh, uh old internet websites, she didn't like that. She like sued them. Uh, oh dang! Yeah, she sued them because she was just like, no. Um, uh, so, <clears throat> which is really funny because she's basically making a fan fiction of the Bible, but whatever. Um, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then later on, she, um, when I mean she's dead now. Uh, there's that. 
Um, but uh, later on, like uh, when she got like really big again on like Facebook because she had a verified account again, um, she would go after people like if she didn't like what they like what they were saying or what they were writing about them. She would like send her followers after them and like dox people and stuff like that. Like wow. she was, she's. But she was also, like, so interesting and stuff like that because a lot of her stuff was very alternative, very, like... Yeah. Um, she also had too. erotic fiction. Oh, uh, she did, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read one of those. I think the name of it was Belinda. And I read I read that one, that novel of her. I was like, well, this is way different from, like, her vampire and witch stuff. But that was, I think, <laughs> uh, earlier in her career, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so the... The the thing it's called Immortal Universe. It, Anne Rice's Immortal Universe, and they have the rights to fourteen of Anne Rice's novels from both her Vampire Chronicles and the Mayfair Witches. Mm-hmm. So um, that's really exciting. I I'm enjoying it. I, it's not like the book, of course. Nothing is like the book, mm-hmm. but it's it. They have really good actors. I really enjoyed it. Um, Louis is actually the guy who plays Grey Worm, who played Grey Worm in um, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So he's really oh, that's hot. That's why he looked so. familiar and hot. Yeah, yeah. Hot. Yeah. Totally hot. Mm. <laughs> and then those scenes with Lestat, I'm just like, you just you just took that from my dreams, from my head, and you made it a reality. <laughs> I've heard that yeah. it's really, really good, and I've been meaning to watch it, but I think it's on... AMC. Okay, AMC. I was just like, is it Peacock? Is it? Where, does like, it stream somewhere after AMC? Uh, I haven't seen it on Hulu yet. No. Okay. I no. think it's only yeah. AMC. I think it's an AMC they, exclusive. The Prime Prime Video does give you the very first episode just to entice you, and uh. then says you can subscribe to AMC through mm-hmm. Prime. And uh, that's how they got me. That's yeah. actually how they got me. So now I'm paying extra for AMC. And right when I was going to cancel it, because I finished the first season of Interview with the Vampire, of course, they showed me the first episode of The Mayfair Witches. And now I'm stuck again. So, <laughs> so I'm staying with AMC until I finish the first season of Mayfair Witches. So, but it's really, um, I really enjoyed it. I think it's really well executed. I really love the money they're spending on it because it really does look very, and then it all takes place in New Orleans. So it's like a lot of fun mm-hmm. to see like the, you know, the places and um, see like the ceremony of it all, like weddings and funerals. And it just, it's really nice. It's really well made. So I, that is what's on my radar. All right, guys, I think it's that time again. It's La Hora <laughs> de la Cervecita. I always get excited right. about this one. I'm super excited I about this it. one. After today, I need it. Yeah, after listening to th- your interactions with customers, I'm just like, you need this too. Yes. So we're um, drinking Lead Dog, a peanut butter stout. And it's a 6.6% mm. alcohol. It's a stout brewed with natural flavors. And it's drafted with curiosity, it says, on the can. And the can art is really interesting to have, like, a trapeze artist, but also has daggers in her mouth and hand. And there's peanuts <laughs> on the horizon. And she's actually <laughs> throwing the daggers at a peanut. And the peanut is bleeding peanut butter. So <laughs> it's just That's really funny. cute. 
it's kind of funny you you have to turn it to see the whole scene mm -hmm. so it's kind of interactive so. so that's that's really cool um the yeah the art is really cool and i um i've never heard of this brewery and i see that it is from sparks nevada Wow. Sparks Nevada. Hey, do you guys remember that? Was it a peanut butter and jelly beer that we had before? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yes, we had it in the studio, remember? Yes. And it, and we could even taste the bread mm -hmm. in that, that so, beer. It was delicious. This is kind of what it smells like. Or it smells more like that peanut butter part of it. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. I smell and that too. Here is Ooh. the very pitch dark coloration mm -hmm. of it mm. oh wow oh wow i'm oh, a lover it does of peanuts smell like that i actually do smell yeah. jelly in there <laughs> <laughs> it smells like it smells like it i think it's just like a peanut butter thing but it tastes like it, it tastes like like i put a lot of peanut butter in beer that's it, yeah. it's pretty good i actually really like it yeah, know. it's. I thought it would be a little watered down, but no, oh, it's really, no. it's nice. Hmm. It's good. Wow. Wow. Hmm. It even has like a little sweet tartiness to it. Um, maybe a sweetness, but then a tartiness from like, it feels like chocolate, maybe, maybe coffee. Mm. Well, I know what you're, it's yeah, not exactly tart, it's like. Yeah, I mean it's it's like like it also has like kind of like a malt flavor. I mean, mm, yes, beer, yes, malt, yes, yes, stuff like that. Um, uh, but almost like you know that when you eat dark chocolate, there's like this yeah faint hint of bitterness or like cacao mm -hmm. bitterness and stuff like that. That's kind of that, and it's not bad. I actually kind of like it. It's like. Hmm. It's it's like kind of almost like a smoky aftertaste, a smoky, slightly yes, bitter smoky. aftertaste. Uh huh. Yes. But it isn't yes, like it isn't like I'm drinking a campfire or anything like that. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Oh my god! I had it's a good. smoky beer in Alaska, and man, that shit's terrible. I do <laughs> really? not like smoky beer. It doesn't yeah. sound like it would be good. Mm -hmm. it's it wasn't i thought it was novel because i'm like smoke in your beer how interesting no it was not that's how i felt when i ordered and i think i bring this up all the time when i ordered the kevin eastman teenage mutant ninja turtle pizza beer oh. and <laughs> it tasted like pizza and it was gross Ugh. I mean, to some people that might be like the bee's knees or whatever, but <laughs> just thinking about it, I'm like, ew, no. It was just, it, I like it was beer with this overwhelming taste of oregano. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's, that's evil, I yeah. think. <laughs> Which is funny because we had what, like, we've had um, a beer with coriander and with cumin in it, and it's not bad. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Maybe I guess it depends on uh, how you mix stuff together. Mm -hmm. um, I do taste a little. With. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I, I actually feel there's a little hint of vanilla for sure. And then, like you said, the roastiness of maybe a malty flavor, mm -hmm. which um, but I, but it is like really well balanced with the peanut butter flavoring as well. So I, I feel like it I feel like it's a chunky peanut butter for me. Um, mm -hmm. 
I like a little bit of the bitter aftertaste. I feel like there's a little bit of bitter aftertaste I really like. And the carbonation is not too heavy, so it's it's pretty pretty good. No, even when I was pouring it, it didn't fizz a lot. So it's mm-hmm. it doesn't have here's a, it doesn't have like a flat taste like it's like flat beer or if it's like the weird English beer that has no carbonation in it. Um, uh, yeah uh and it's not watery either but it's not like super like strong in your face kind of stout either as well it it's Mm -hmm. good um uh, i'm really enjoying it i think um uh, i surprisingly i think this would be like a really great like kind of dessert beer or something like that (gasps) with something sweet (laughs) or something like that yeah um uh, or just like after after a meal like that you would drink after a meal not during like not yeah. during the meal but after the meal i think it's yes. really good like a dessert a beer instead of dessert but it's still dessert kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. i think we're ready to rate it what do you guys think sure yeah all right well we have that um zero to six rating at zero being flaccid one being very satisfied very no. unsatisfied. Two being, <laughs> no. One being very unsatisfied. Two very being unsatisfied. Three being neutral. Four is satisfied. Five is very satisfied. And if it's a six, six, it's off the charts. It's super saiyan. So what do you think of this beer, Kristen? So you guys all know that I'm the contrarian here when it comes to stouts. And I do enjoy peanut butter, but this beer was just not it for me. I'm <laughs> giving it a neutral. I taste the peanut butter, the, and I, I I can say, yes, this tastes like peanut butter. Um, but you both were saying it wasn't watery, but for me, it was. I felt it. I tasted it very light and watery as opposed to very full mouth feel stout. Um, oh, that's fair, yeah. And, uh, and I just don't like most stouts. So, um, but this, I would probably finish it. I would drink it. Um, but I was just neutral about it. Yeah. <laughs> so three out of five. <laughs> You're going to give it to Eddie? <laughs> <laughs> I already did. <laughs> okay. So I guess, uh, I do agree with you in that compared to other stouts, I, it would be watery. Yeah. Compared to other stouts, it would be uh, watery. I guess I'm remembering the last beer that we had, and that one was pretty light. Um, uh, mm-hmm. And like comparing it to, I mean, comparing any stout to any other kind of like white or white or um, uh, wheat or amber or light beer like that, it's going to be heavier uh, no matter what. Um, um, so it's like in that in that regards, it's a watery stout, but like a stronger like um, uh, if you want something that's stronger or doesn't feel as uh, tepid as uh, as a wheat beer or something like that, this would be a good one. Um, I'm gonna give it a four out of five. Um, um, I'm gonna give it a satisfied because I like it. Um, uh, it tastes good. Um, uh, I like that it tastes like peanut butter, and I can uh, and there's this really like nice kind of nuanced aftertaste to it as well uh and that it reminds me of that peanut butter and jelly beer that we had because that had been <laughs> that one had been really good too <laughs> um so i'm giving it a four out of five 
Uh, you know what? I'm going to agree with you. I do also feel that it's good, but it's not like extraordinary. Um, it's it's it it has a good marriage of flavors. It's just not like extraordinary. It's not like some. I think it's something that tastes delicious, and yes, I will drink it. But it's not something that like I'm like wow, like whoa, I can't wait to 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 buy some more of it you know it's just it mm -hmm. just it's it just kind of hit the spot for now yeah and um yeah and yeah i could drink this for dessert but it's not something that i'm gonna go out out of my way to find in the store so for me it's just uh satisfied as well mm -hmm. and it's um that peanut butter and jelly beer that we had that was limited wasn't it is this one limited too uh, this one I didn't get the sense that it was limited. The other one okay. did, I did get the sense that it was limited. Yeah, and that okay. one had like a variety of flavors and notes. And even when it was cold, and then as it it warmed up, I mean, it had different like flavor profiles. And this one is good, but not extraordinary. Yeah, I think it's if we didn't have that experience with that other peanut butter and jelly beer. Um, this would have been something that would have been like very unique. If you haven't had it, it might just blow you away because it's, it's such a unique flavor and smell that as soon mm -hmm. as I smelled it, it immediately made me recall the, that other beer that we had. And because we had that other one that was, <laughs> I mean, a lot more tastier, a lot more nuanced, a little bit sweeter and a thicker too. I remember that one mm -hmm. being like, being like a proper, yeah, um, uh, it was a stout too, I think, wasn't it? Yes, I believe it was, yeah. yes. So I think if we didn't, if we hadn't already had a beer like that, this one would have definitely taken us by surprise. Could have been a five, could have been a six if we didn't already <laughs> have, these, <laughs> have the other beer. Uh, a more unique one. Um, uh, but this is good. And like, I do yeah. recommend it. And I think if you haven't had anything like it, this will blow you away. Yeah, Absolutely. And that has been our beer review. All right, guys, now it's time for our book review. And what are we reviewing today, guys? So today we are reviewing Fibbed by Elizabeth Aguiman. I hope I said her name right. <laughs> I'm going to say that I did. Um, yes. <laughs> so this was published by Razorbill, which is a Penguin Graphic Press book. Uh, and I'm going to read the uh, little back synopsis that we have right here. Nana is not a liar. She always tells the truth as ridiculous as it sounds to hear about the troop of circus squirrels stealing her teacher's toupee. When another outlandish explanation lands her in hot water again, her parents announce that Nana will be spending the summer with her grandmother in Ghana. She isn't happy to be living with family that she barely knows and in a country where she can't really speak the native language. But all her worries get a whole lot bigger, literally, when she comes face to face with Ananse, the trickster spider of legend. Nana soon discovers that the forest around the village is a place of magic watched over by Ananse, but a group of greedy contractors is draining the magic from the land, intent on selling the wishes for their own gain. Nana must join forces with her cousin Tiwa, new friend Akwesi, and Ananse himself to save the magic from those who are out to steal it before the magic and the forest are gone for good. Yes, that is what we are reviewing today. And I got to say, like, I really love the artwork in this book. It was really, really well done. Um, 
I, you know, one of the things that I super enjoyed was when they were driving from the airport to the village and there were these panels where it, you, you just saw it sort it look reminds you of when you're driving by like, like a long stretch of road and you look to the side and how it, like the whole horizon kind of moves. Um, I really love that specific um, splash page in this comic. Um I thought it was so much fun to read. All the characters are superly well developed. I really loved it. I love the um, magical realism of this. I it, it, some parts were like funny that I like kind of chuckled out loud, and um, and some of it I was just like because I'm not familiar with the folklore. And some of it I was like, "Where's this going?" Like with the circus squirrels, I was <laughs> like, "What is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I really love that aspect of family and about trusting each other and believing in each other. I love that. I, Anansi, I still feel like he's a hero to me, but I know that he's a trickster, trickster spider. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm always like surprised on how I'm always surprised on how I read him as a character in stories. What did you guys think? Well, I really enjoy whenever they take um, a, a folklore or, or a figure of legend, a figure of like myth or tales um, um, and stuff like that. And they, it's readapted uh, to a modern audience. Uh, I, I will never get a, tired of a Nazi story. It's just like I'm never going to get tired of like Greek uh, retellings either. I don't. I really, really like them. I think that these are stories that will always resonate with people. There's a reason that we keep telling them and retelling them because they represent an aspect of culture that is unique uh, to the culture that it hails from. Um, and I think this one falls well into that category too. Uh, I liked how they made kind of uh, Anansi like young like them. Um, and I do, I, I love the artwork. <laughs> I love the like, uh, cause this is something like, I think a lot of like, uh, children of immigrants or something like that also get like told is that like oh you better behave or we're gonna send you back to the mother country <laughs> <laughs> yes it's a oh punishment. my god it is a, it, yes. it's seen as a punishment when it's like it really like shouldn't be because it um uh it builds on the connotation that like there is something wrong with the motherland and so i mean sometimes mm -hmm. there is there's a there is a reason that they left um, uh, and stuff like that, but that doesn't always remain true. Um, uh, mm -hmm. That can change, uh, and I I think it's good to have to like connect or reconnect with your roots. I don't think it's ever really too late, um, uh, so long as you like know that sometimes like it's part of you, but maybe it's a part that uh, that you can reconnect it with. But whether it's going to like fully accept you that's up for debate you can kind of see that a little bit uh here as well um but i i enjoyed it i enjoyed the story i enjoyed nana um uh, I, I i don't know she reminded me a little bit about of me when i would tell like ridiculous stories when i was a kid as i love i love telling stories as a kid and sometimes i would just confuse myself with the stories that i told uh like fiction and reality and stuff like that um uh, uh, and so I, I, I don't, I enjoyed it. Except hers just happened to be real. <laughs> hers always happened to be real. Yeah, I, I love the kind of the care they had with the grandmother character. Mm -hmm. um, she was really wise and also, but also 
would tell these wonderful stories. And if you read like the back matter of the book, uh, most of these stories, the first stories told were word of mouth around a campfire or, you know, while cooking or whatever. So um, this was before like anybody put them down on paper and stuff. But I mean, one of the things the grandmother said was uh, stories should be shared. They carry a bit of wisdom. And that was kind of like a a main topic where they say, like, you should tell your stories because you can learn lessons from them. And I thought that was really, really beautiful, actually. And yeah, I could totally relate with being sent to the mother country. And when you're a kid, you see it as punishment because obviously your parents left it for a reason. And then you have to go back and the bathrooms are outside in a totally different <laughs> building. Um, you you have to do chores early before school. And then you have to carry a bucket of water and you spill it on yourself. And it's, you know, it's just the little things that you're not used to doing. Yeah. And um, then your family makes fun of you and they call you the city kid or whatever. Yeah. No. Yeah. The American. The American. Yeah, la, la, la Americana. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they I, and then that's another thing. Like when you go to other countries, their way of talking to you is completely different where you can be insulted because you live in America and you talk a certain way. That's just how they speak. They don't have a filter. And then you get like bombarded with these like um, what I would call insults. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and you know like I mean I remember going to Nicaragua and they're like oh you talk like J-Lo and I was like no I don't <laughs> I speak Spanish J-Lo doesn't know how to speak Spanish you know and that was insulting to me but they I think they thought that it would be like a like a like a, a like compliment, a compliment. Mm-hmm. but it really wasn't guys it really wasn't so <laughs> needless to say there's a lot of stuff that we could relate to in the book as being the children of immigrant parents uh, and yes I remember going on the summer vacations uh, <laughs> back to uh, not only Mexico but the little town in Mexico my parents were from and it was just like going to the restroom at Las Milpas and shit you know it's yep. just crazy yeah <laughs> yep so I mean I could very much I very much um <clears throat> comprehend this main character but i love i love the camaraderie that she earns throughout the story with her cousin and that friend of theirs uh who happens to be the richest kid in the village and um (laughs) i i i don't want to share too much because i really think you guys should go out there and purchase this book and read it because there are parts in the folklore that there are certain things that they say you have to do as a ritualistic or traditional way in order for the thing to turn out the way it's supposed to and i mean i saw a wish that came true but in a whole really bad way it was just like a little (laughs) gruesome actually and i thought that was really cool though i really did what did you think Kristen? So I was tricked by the title of the book. Um, And in reading it, um, Nana is often not believed by teachers, by her friends, by her family, by uh, her parents. And as I'm reading it, I'm like, this little girl is just a mentirosa and is just telling stories. And it's just... You know, she's going <laughs> to learn her lesson when she goes yes. to Ghana. That's what yeah. I thought. And it was a whole, like, 
like twisted like story um and i got really surprised but in a really fun way so mm. um i really liked that the writer led me down that path and then was um did a good job in uh surprising me and um incorporating all of um the folk folklore and um all of the cultural uh things from uh nana's family um i don't know why we keep coming across books that um reference anance um but i really am <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think this is like our fourth or fifth one since we've we've begun um and i i've never even had heard of him before i read so the uh the uh neil gaiman book what was it? I remember. Uh, American Gods and Anansi. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I never, I never even, <laughs> and I never even made the connection until we started reading these books because I had never heard of him before. I just thought that was a name. Yeah, yeah I thought it was some. Yeah. I thought it was an Italian name. <laughs> <laughs> Not an Italian name. No. <laughs> so well, anyway. After we read one of the first ones and I I learned about the the um, story, I was like, oh, like it, the, all the connections <laughs> in my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, what else did I miss in that book? And um, so anyway, um, I really, and I, I think it's worth mentioning that this is a, um, a, an all ages book. Uh, it actually is recommended for ages eight to 12, but as you all, as listeners, you can all tell all of us women, uh, grown women of different ages, <laughs> they really enjoyed it. And so I really like to reiterate when, uh, we review all ages books is that they're, they're, we're not reviewing kids books. We're reviewing books that are appropriate for all ages. And I can't recommend enough that you go into your bookstore, your comic book store, your library, and take time to read all ages books because they're really, really good. And another thing yeah. that I've been really um, noticing lately, um, my husband's a creator. He, um, he draws and writes and colors and does everything. Um, but most comic books have different people for different things. Um, one person writes the story, another person draws the outlines of the pictures, and yet a third and fourth person put the words and color the pictures. But what I notice a lot is in the all ages and young adult books that we read, one person does everything. Yep. And I noticed that a lot lately. And I'm, I'm like, that's a lot of work. And I don't think that enough people give credit to the creators that do everything. So um, I just wanted to point that out, that Elizabeth, the creator here, uh, is uh, the person who because um, she's the only one on here so who um, I'm assuming has done everything here um, yeah. and um, I really just 
enjoyed it a lot. Um, I enjoyed the, the surprise ending. Um, when we find out what really happened to that toupee, the story that got <laughs> Nana in trouble in the first place, mm. it was like a really fun surprise. So, yeah. um, I definitely, uh, enjoyed this book a lot. I enjoyed all of the African folklore um, and the way that, um, the creator, wove that into the main storyline was really cool and um unique and um interesting so um i definitely enjoyed it a lot yeah i wanted to add because you just mentioned that she is the creator and the writer and the the artist behind this book i went on her instagram and on her instagram there's a there's a tiktok um video and i was looking at it um, earlier today, and I realized that she was telling us in her TikTok that she started working on this graphic novel since 2019. Mm. Wow! Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. it's it's pretty it's pretty thick. It's a, it's a pretty hefty mm -hmm. book. Like, um, there's like like the it's about each page is like I want to about say about five to six panels. Yeah, and it varies, or there's like full page spreads as well. But that. Shit takes time. Um, yeah, yeah. And there is one other person. They says I'm out. The cover design was by Daniel uh, Cecilloni. Uh, I hope I said that right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, uh, and um, uh, but everything else, I like the the lettering, the coloring, the art, the paneling, the uh, the, the freaking editing, maybe too. Yeah, it was all good, but it was. Uh, it was all paced really well as well. So I'm wondering if she has done anything else. Um, I I know that in the TikTok she posted on her Instagram, it shows like like her big folder, and as she's opening it up, it shows like the the script, a typed out script, and as she goes on like the drawing and how she's drawing the characters, and um and then you know it just goes on to show like the actual graphic novel at the end. And uh -huh. I like to mention, I know this is um geared towards young um young readers. There there are some um uh, dialogue bubbles that. Um, because there might be kind of a confusion of who's talking in that scene, she she does a little portrait of the face yeah. of the mm -hmm. character speaking uh, by the um, dialogue. But when I found that to be really, I I I don't think I've ever seen that before, and I yeah, thought that yeah, was yeah. really really clever, really very clever. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I'm just in awe that. <laughs> I really loved it a lot. I love the colors. I love the characters. I love the stories. I I love there is a part of the folklore that you have to tell a story before you eat a fruit from a tree and then ask for a wish. And I love how they went into the detail of the stories told. Um, yeah. That was that was like a, a like a nice <laughs> like a nice uh, kind of segue into like a storytelling kind of. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I think scene, kind of yeah. a dream sequence, sort of. I think above all else, like the main theme in this book is storytelling. It's uh, yes, it, it's telling stories, like literally oral storytelling. It's about uh, it's a book that tells a story about stories. Yes, <laughs> so yes there's a specific definitely. term for that, but it eludes me right now. So, um, uh, I think this is Elizabeth's first 
uh, published book because on here she doesn't have any other credits on here and it says uh, she graduated from Carnegie Mellon University where she studied fine arts and professional writing and she now works in publishing I mean so goes to show she did learn something because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. this is this is really well done uh, I think it. I think it's great. I think it comes across really well. Uh, and if this is really is her first published work, um, she knocked it out of the park. Like it, it's. Oh, really she good. totally it. did. It's so good. Yeah, I think we're ready to actually rate the comic book. So uh, we have that uh, scale. It's um, tres conchas, uh, one, two, or three conchas. And if it's like extraordinary or just something that really like we really feel something towards or it just moves us in such a way we can give it the whole panaderia. And if it's even just something that just is seared into our heart and soul, then we can give it like a <laughs> ch- cup of champurrado, cup of coffee, <laughs> right? and, or a shot of tequila, depending on what type of story we're reading. So are we actually ready to rate it? What say you, Kristen? So I am going to give this book the whole panadaria. I really, really enjoyed it a lot. Um, it took me on um, a, a journey that um, left me uh, in a place where I didn't even think I was going. <laughs> so, um, I, and I really do enjoy stories where um, young people, uh, young people learn about their culture and heritage by going back and, uh, exposing themselves to their, um, to their, to their ancestors. I mean, to their, where they're from. Um, so, uh, I, it, it kind of is like also a coming of age story in that way. So I'm giving it the whole panaderia. Yeah. Um, what about so- you, Jen? I'm going to give it um, three conchas. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, again, for me, though, like, for it to be the entire panaderia, you got to make me cry. And it's got to be good <laughs> crying. Like, and good, ugly crying. Not tears of frustration because I was so mad. Um, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did enjoy it. It's three conchas for me. I, I think it's really good. I think it's a good adaptation um uh, of uh Anante and I think it's uh I I genuinely love anything that is a readaptation of old folk tales so um uh dress conchas for me this is Sarah and I'm gonna give it the whole panaderia I really enjoyed how I could connect to the main character and kind of relate to her going back to the mother country like on the summer break when you were thinking of having so much fun doing something completely different than going back home um but I really love the character development also and like, you know, the grandmother. I really like the grandmother um, character, obviously. I keep mentioning her. Uh, but Anand says, well, he, I think he's always like the star of a show <laughs> when, when he comes out and just like, it show just, it's stealer. show stealer for sure. So yeah, the whole panaderia from me for sure. And that guys has been our book review. All right, guys, now it's time for En La Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today? I always have something. And today I have a gay man. (laughs) Okay. Do we get to take him home? (laughs) (laughs) Only if he wants to. 
<laughs> but um, uh, no, this is the literal name for it. It's a, a gay man, the illustrated storybook gay men deserve on Kickstarter. Um, uh, and I'm going to read the synopsis that we have right here. Um, uh, this book will touch readers somewhere sensitive. It's about time we make the book <laughs> gay men deserve. Stop it, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> a gay man will address the shame we experience, how it hurts us, and how we can find love, peace, belonging, and joy in our loves, um, uh, in our lives now. Uh, none of us avoided the toxic shame that comes with being gay today. You just can't. Uh, this might not have literally happened to you, but on some level, your truth was rejected for you by society, religion, and history, if not your parents. So what? Why explore this now? Uh, because so many of us are still hurting, still holding on to any reason at all that justifies our feelings that we are not whole, valid, equal, powerful, vibrant, beautiful human beings, just like anyone else. Acceptance and self-love are needed to set us free from the shame we never deserved. Um, <laughs> and then and then it goes, will it be fun and sexy too? Would any book for gay men be complete without it? Sex is an enormous and powerful part of life. We've got men of all shapes, colors, and types. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> so it is, um, um, it's multifaceted. It is sort of kind of like a think piece. Uh, it's, it looks to be like, um, uh, Evocative, touching, playful, uh, a little bit sexy. <laughs> um, uh, because I think it is part of like the queer experience. And this one is specifically focusing on gay men. Um, uh, it is being launched by Edward Wilson, who is dedicated to gay men's wellness and success, and success in life. He is a coach, publisher, and podcaster. And he has a silly yet serious addiction to bears the animal uh, his personal. <laughs> <laughs> um, it looks like a wonderful. The art looks amazing. Um, uh, it is. It looks very diverse, and it looks um, uh, like really, like really heartfelt. Um, uh, it's not just uh, Edward Wilson. There's many other um, uh, uh, artists that are going to be. So it's not just him. Um, uh, so it's a it's a whole team. It is. Currently, way past its goal, uh, mm -hmm. it had a goal of $3,480. It's currently at $26,000. Oh, my goodness. $13 with 301 backers. And as of recording this, 25 days to go. Wow. Um, wow. Yes. So you can always pledge without a reward. You just want to support. But the base pledge starts um, uh, at... 99 Australian dollars, which is about $69. Yes. And this is the soft cover book. So I don't, there is no PDF uh, of mm -hmm. it. Um, uh, so yeah, there's no, there's no PDF version. You're getting the physical copy uh, at $69. And it is, um, um, 57 illustrated scenes um, uh, and uh, overall 120 pages. Um, uh, and you get to pick what color uh, the book is because they have uh, four colors. There's like a purple, orange, blue, and brown. Um, so you kind of get the option and that's kind of why it's 
a little bit on the higher side. If you want a hardcover copy of the book, it is at 119 Australian dollars, which is about $83 uh, here. Um, they do charge shipping, uh, which is like an additional about $10, $15, I want to say. Uh, but it looks wonderful it looks amazing and of course all the proceeds go to the creators uh as well they have that well uh, noted right here i think it's a good endeavor and it obviously seems to be very very popular as well uh it is uh, a gay man the illustrated storybook gay men deserve on kickstarter all right guys now it's time for juntos y fuertes what do you have for us today Kristen? So today I have a wonderful documentary. Um, oh. Just as a reminder, Juntos y Fuertes is um, our segment where we highlight projects that are um, created by uh, members of marginalized groups. And today I have a documentary that is going to air for free on PBS this coming week. So um, it's actually supposed to be airing on January 23rd. So, oh, so that's going to actually be the week prior to those of you listening because we're recording a week early because we're so on top of things. <laughs> but um, it is going to be, um, continue to be, uh, available on the PBS website, and it is a um, documentary called No Straight Lines, The Rise of Queer Comics. So this is a Ooh. documentary all about how um, queer creators uh, rose up and took their rightful place amongst the comic book industry. Um, so you, it's going to start streaming on January 23rd, and then you can continue to access it for free on pbs.org backslash no straight lines film. And how may you ask that I did I find out about this? Well, our very um, creative friend Kathy Camper, who is the writer of um, uh, Low Riders, Low Riders in Space, in space um, her sister actually um, uh, is featured. And so Kathy shared the information about this documentary uh, coming up soon. So apparently she, her sister, um, comics run in the family. Her sister is a very talented cartoonist named Jennifer Camper. Um, so um, in the very, uh, it's very interesting. Um, Allison Beshdell will also be um, highlighted. And it's uh, uh, going to just recount the history of LGBTQ plus comics. Um, and uh, you can go to pbs.org no straight lines film to see the trailer and then also um watch the episodes so um and it's going to be streaming for free for three months so even though it comes out on january 23rd you have three months after that to watch it so don't miss out that's really awesome i i, I can't wait to watch it i was like January 23rd, no! But now that you're saying three months, I think yeah. it's going to be you worth it. I think it's going to be great. Mm -hmm. I have plenty of time. Awesome. Thanks, PBS. All right, guys, now it's time for saludos. Who are we saludando today, Kristen? 
So today we are giving saludos to Stephen Andes, Andes, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, um, but he uh, is a creator. Um, he actually is a lot of things, um, but um, he's an author, a professor, and a pop pop culturist. Um, and we are giving saludos for him because he has a book called Zorro's Shadow. And this book um, tells the history of how Zorro brings together the character's origins and demonstrates his impact on pop culture, not only revealing that Zorro was the inspiration for the most iconic superheroes we know today, but also delving into the Latinx origins of the Max masked crusader. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, on the website, zorosghost.com, it talks about how long before Superman or Batman made their first appearance, there was Zorro. Born on the pages of the pulps in 1919, Zorro fenced his way through the American popular imagination, carving his signature letter Z into the flesh of evildoers in old Spanish California. Zorro is the original Cape Crusader, the first hero to have a band called the Avengers, and the character who laid the blueprint for the modern American superhero, the mask, the alter ego, extraordinary physical skills, and a struggle against arch villains. Famed comics pioneer Bob Kane even wrote that Zorro was a major influence on his creation of Batman. So I thought that was really interesting um, and cool. And... Um, Stephen uh, is a has a PhD and is a history professor at Louisiana State University. So um, very very interesting. I actually used to love watching the movies um, mm -hmm. back in the day. I I got really into it, but it never dawned on me that this dude was Latino. <laughs> So when I read this, I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's right. He is. But it was really even more intriguing and interesting to me. I didn't know how long he'd been around, and I didn't know that he had such an influence on um, superheroes, and that makes sense. So um, if you're, you yourself are also interested in learning more about it, you can go to zorosghost.com and um, give your own saludos to Dr. Steven Andes. Well, I also have a saludos today, and saludos goes out to Shiro Comics. They are launching a Kickstarter February 1st, 2023, for the comic Young Grandmaster Choi. So if you guys remember, uh, um, uh, she had developed a um, comic book on Raven Choi as like a uh, young adult woman, um, but this is going to go into... Um, Raven Choi as a young uh, grandmaster. So uh, it's probably going to be geared to all ages. I still don't know the specs on it, but Saludos goes out to Shiro Comics and their upcoming Kickstarter February 1st. And you can follow Shiro Comics on Instagram at, at S-H-E-R-O Comics. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Where can they find us, Kristen? 
Uh, they can find us at commodicycomics.com where you can find all the links to all of our socials uh, and even write us our very own personal email if you have a comic or a book or something that you'd like us to highlight on our episode. Shoot us an email and we will get right to it, TM. <laughs> we'll get to it eventually. <laughs> Uh, yes, thanks for everybody who listens. Uh, please be sure to check out our, our social media platforms. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on TikTok. Uh, I have not done anything with the Snapchat, so and that I feel like it's an old app anyway, so I haven't <laughs> logged on to that. So uh, probably not Snapchat, but uh, yes, definitely Instagram. Uh, TikTok, we're delving into that as well. Uh, please be sure to rate and review our episode. Um, also, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all your support. And um, we really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. This has been our episode. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. And that's on period. Network. <laughs>